better than most. Better than most. Critical takeoff. He falls into the pit. He's going to get spat out. Please make welcome the Ball and All podcast, James Tiger Woods, Beric Eckerbarts, and the king of speaking in the third person, Steve Condor Condo Condon. Okay, well, welcome back to the Ball and All podcast. It is uh, its first day uh, in the Northern Rivers. Uh, Jared, for the Ball and All crew, it is Christmas Eve. We've got Mick Fanning's golf day tomorrow. We've got plenty of league to unpack. We've got state of origin selections. It's all going on. Um, but firstly, a uh, big shout out to Mick Fanning who's putting on the uh, MF golf day tomorrow to raise, uh, raise funds for still displaced people from uh, Northern Rivers floods 12 months ago. Uh, tomorrow's day, uh, I think the expectation is you'll raise probably another half a million, 600 grand, which is what he raised last year. So, um, shout wow. out to Mick and Paul Gow and all the people from Golf Genius. They do a wonderful job. And it's, if you're a golfer, and I think our listeners understand that most of the ball and crew, ball and all crew, uh, enjoy a day on the, uh, on the course. Uh, it's a cracking day. He puts on a fantastic day and we're going to raise, we're going to, uh, participate in raising a lot of money for, um, for people that are that's, still struggling. That's an amazing event, and I've been watching uh, a lot of the social media activity and highlights, and the raise that amount of money is just staggering. And But uh, let's hope that maybe Mr. Norman or the Live crew or some <laughs> of those guys might chip in something as well. Oh, geez, that's a, yeah, that's another, that's a, that's a podcast in itself. I think Woody and I oh. are, are thinking about just doing a one-off podcast next week to discuss Live. I I don't think I've listened to more uh, golf podcasts or read more in the last couple of uh, well, last twenty four hours. It's uh, that's a that's a probably the biggest news story of the year, actually. Well, it is, and and Steve, often we talk about this, but how do some of these guys get these executive roles? I mean, you wouldn't feed them in the real world. Yeah, I think. Um, yeah, I, I totally agree. I think you know the uh, the feedback. Uh, overnight from the players meeting at the Canadian Open yes afternoon <laughs> when Jay Monaghan um, did a presentation was uh, was uh, you know basically handbags at 20 paces like they it was very very heated um, you've got yeah. a lot of really high profile golf golfers that sort of rode off with live and got big paydays and you know talk about legacy and you know 9-11 and all this sort of crap um, you know it's pretty simple that uh, you know, I suppose in summary, money has won out. Um, but yep. secondly, I think, and we'll unpack it, we'll probably will unpack it in a podcast, but the guy who has been the big facilitator who has negotiated uh, the deal, it's not Jay Monaghan, it's a guy called Jimmy Dunn. Um, for those that don't know the history and want to get on their sort of moral high horse about, you know, Saudi Arabia and all that sort of um, bullshit, um, Jimmy Dunn was the chairman and major shareholder in a venture capital firm. Um, and he was one of, I think, three or four people that survived 9-11 because he wasn't in the office that day and he lost the best part of 400 employees. Wow. Uh, so, I mean, you can get on CNBC. There's docos that have been done on it since 9-11. Um, the, guy, the guy is, it's an amazing story. He's an amazing person. And how he's ended up on the PGA uh, advisory board is via the fact that he's always been a keen golfer. 
um, and golf really put his life back together after lo- losing his whole company and a lot of lifetime friends. Like we're talking 400 people. So if anyone was more affected than Jimmy Dunn, we haven't found him. And he's been the guy behind the scenes in the last, um, uh, well, apparently six to seven weeks uh, that has... Uh, piecing it all together. Yeah, piecing it all together. And it culminated in that announcement uh, Yes, yeah, so, but that's uh, that's another podcast in itself. Um, NRL, Jared. Um, firstly, before we get into the round, uh, trials and tribulations, selections, name pointing. I don't know where do we sit, state of origin. Like, there's lots of names being bandied around to replace uh, replace Cleary. I must say, I'm pretty I'm pretty surprised in some of the you know people really pushing the Adam Reynolds boat. Well, Adam Reynolds, um, Mitch Moses, um, I'm surprised you haven't got a Gundy yet or a mention. Um, yeah, I mean, listen, I, th- I think what they do in the centres becomes the, the the starting point of how they try and piece this together. So does Turbo get through Bookvale and play up to the level of form that he did a few weeks ago when uh, he played in Canberra? Because he, was, he looked very tentative and meek in the origin. So they'd want to see him back into some form. Um, and do they select him then on the right edge? I think the key factor is, is Latrell right to go? And is, is he going to be fit for game two? And do they select him? Because that then influences who they put on the left edge at 5'8". Do they then go with a Cody Walker because of the uh, Cody Walker-Latrell combination? Um, and then that probably leads back to what they do at number seven. And... That's why probably Reynolds has been mentioned because of his uh, his combination in the past with Cody Walker and Luttrell. Um, or do you know do they go with Nico Hines? You know, some people argue that the question mark is if Nico is the Daily M Player of the Year and in the conversation of, of being uh, potentially in an Origin side. Well, now is the time to select him and let's see what he's got. And then I guess the other one from left field is uh, Mitch Moses. Um, I. I personally think that um, he'd be a long third in terms of an option, but yeah, lots of lots of ifs and buts and question marks about all of that. And you know, it's going to be a really interesting weekend, Steve, because we've got a game on Monday uh, with the holiday weekend in New South Wales, which means that Queensland will name their team Sunday night, go into camp in uh, Monday morning. New South Wales won't name their team until Tuesday morning. Most of that'll leak out Monday afternoon. Uh, but there's five or six players playing on Monday that are somewhere in contention for that Origin um, 17 or top 18 or that they might pick. So, yeah, really interesting couple of days. I will also say for those that when you're looking at the tipping comp, there's a couple of key factors into this weekend. One is history tells me that this uh, this particular weekend, which is a lead-up to game two, always throws up some crazy results because you've got a lot of players that are backing up into a third game within seven to ten days. Uh, you've got the same guys that have then got some of their attention around getting picked at the end of the weekend and the fact that they've got a big origin game coming up and so some of them might not handle that as well and also perform as well. And so it throws up some crazy results, uh, some upsets. I'd be taking a screenshot of the top 20 on the tipping comp today because I think come Tuesday, there's going to be a lot of upsets and, and swapping and changing around. Yeah, okay. Um, just back to Origin, I, I find 
I find it quite bizarre that you've had somebody who's been in the squad, as in Nico Hines, uh, he is in like sublime form, Dalian winner last year, uh, Cleary gets injured. I, I would, uh, you know, I would think that there's just no discussion. He starts at halfback. No argument for me. I mean, if he if he is your number fourteen and your 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 key backup player in that role, then he goes in. And if if we look at Queensland last year, Tom Dearden was was the the number fourteen yeah. or the number eighteen for Queensland. All of a sudden, Munster goes down. They bring he, Tommy just, Dearden he's in. He's just straight in. He's he's is it? He's yeah. He's in the you know he's he's been in the pathways. He. He's been in camps. He understands it, and I, I would think with uh, with Nico, it's just a. I don't. I don't know why we're discussing Adam Reynolds and Moses, and you know, bringing back Joey and Peter Sterling and anyone else they want to throw into the mix. Nico Hines is your man. He's playing. I mean, in a beaten side last week against the Broncos, I thought again he was outstanding. He brings definitely brings a different mix to the game uh, than Cleary. Uh, you know, he loves to go down short sides. He attacks both sides of the ball. Um, I just think it's an absolute no-brainer. I, I mean, I was sitting there, you know, listening to debates uh, yesterday, you know, talking about whether or not he's kicking games up to it. Like, yeah, oh, Jesus. Yeah. He's, he's the man. I, yeah. I, I don't know. And I, I think listening to Alexander, it would appear that Lulai's probably going to get picked at 5-8. Do you do you think that's probably what you're hearing? Yeah, I, I do. And and to be honest, if I was picking the team, my team would be Nico Hines at seven and uh, Lulai at six. Yeah, I wouldn't have. And, him. I, w- I wouldn't have Lulai. And I understand that, but I, I if he was good enough to be in your team for game one, and you you around those key spine roles, you need stability um, into game two and a pressure game. I'd be retaining him. So that you're not completely breaking up uh, your seven and your six, remembering that Hines and and uh, and uh, the six would have done quite a bit of ball work and training in the lead up to game one together. So there's some combination there already. I'd build on that, and then hopefully the New South Wales with Charles playing on the left and Turbo's playing on the right. Yeah, look, I bet, but I think you touched on the you know probably the. Uh the main point when you're looking at this back line, depending on who plays in the centres, if Latrell's back in the centres, I think it's an absolute no-brainer to pick Cody Walker. Uh, agreed, agreed. And then, but there's now a question mark over Cody, limping off a training yesterday with a, uh, a slight uh, quad strain. Um, does he play on the weekend? Mm. If he plays on the weekend, does he get through okay? I mean, there's just so many uh, connotations coming out of all of the different combinations that may well be selected. And, I guess that's the beauty of Origin. It's why it creates so much um, media focus and highlight and why the ratings are through the roof when we end up with the best against the best um, in these three games. Right. Well, let's, uh, we won't uh, speculate about Origin selection. We'll, um, we'll leave that to uh, Freddie and his advisors, see what they come up with on Sunday night. Um, obviously, Billy will be all over. Uh, he'd be all over ready to uh, unlock his side on, um, on Monday, well, Sunday, Monday. Um, I would think that, uh, well, there's actually a lot of injuries in both camps. I mean, Billy's got a fair bit to sort of work through there and unpack with his selections. But let's get on to the NRL. Um, I think the focus in the next three or four weeks, Jared, it would appear that there's a couple of coaches that, you know, rightly or wrongly are under the pump. Uh, we start with the first game tonight, Titans versus the the, uh, the Tigers. Uh, one of those coaches, um, uh, Holbrook up at the Titans. Um, it's not like they're playing 
poor football. They're averaging 26 points a game and they're losing games because of their second halves. Um, how do you see oh, this they're, one playing they're, out? Yeah, they're, they're attack super. Um, and the best parts of their game have been very, very good. And there's been four games where they've led by double points uh, or double digits and got run down. Now, if they got three out of those four as wins, they'd be sitting at the top of the table and we'd be talking about um, lauding their turnaround this season and how positively they're going and all of those sorts of things. Unfortunately, it's the other side of their game and in particular those second halves. I mean, it was like watching a car crash in slow motion last weekend, what happened. I will say in their defence, you know, the, the Rabbitohs, when they get into uh, that silky attack mode yeah. and an open game where it's an open field, you know, they've got points in them Hard to stop, and better than they? most. And better than most. You know, they, they, they've got a six that, you know, can just rip games apart. Um so, I, you know, for me, I'm giving the Titans another chance here. I think it's a, it's a big change in grade that they're going from playing a team that's in the top two last weekend to a team that's in the bottom two this week. Um, yeah, there's no doubt that the Tigers have been in better form over recent weeks. Uh, they still struggle at times with attack. I know they put a lot of points through the Cowboys a couple of weeks ago. I think that was a little bit of a one-off. Their travel record's really poor. They've, you know, lost six of their last eight when they travel in a state. They've lost the last four to the Titans. Um, and I think it's, um, you know, the longer-term record, the Titans have got a really strong hold over them. You know, they've won nine of the last 11 when they've played each other. I'm giving the Titans another chance at home. Yeah, okay. I agree with you. I think Holbrook can coach. So I hope they get through the next uh, – I think their attack has looked really, really good. And obviously their focus is really trying to improve their defence and especially their second-half performances. I rate him. I hope he doesn't get put under the pump um, by the team's performances. They've got a good roster. Um, so let's see how they uh, how that rolls out in the next three or four weeks. Obviously, the Tigers are improving. I, you'd have to think it's going to be a high-scoring high game. Well, yeah, you would. I mean, the, the market's marked at 46.5. Oh, um, okay. I mean, yeah, but last week it was 47.5, and, and what we end up with, near, near 70 points. So... Um, you know, once, once things open up, I mean, the big question mark is what did the Tigers bring in attack? Uh, I, I thought the Tigers were really stiff last week. They should have won that game. You know, they had a try against them, the third try for the Raiders that the NRL acknowledged on Monday shouldn't have been awarded. And their first two tries came off rebounds off the post so with a lot of luck. So mm. the Tigers should have come away with a win there. Um, I think the form around that game, though, is a bit questionable. Um, yeah, if if it opens up, unlike a normal afternoon game where uh, the Titans normally seem to get their time slot, we do have a eight o'clock Thursday night. But it'll be dry and humid at the Gold Coast, and I'm sure we see points again. Okay, so the next game, uh, Friday, six p.m. That one kicks off. That's yeah. If I remember last year's Jared, six p.m. was about the time Woody was standing on a table at McFanning's golf day. Bidding on, a, bidding on a car. Like, what was he thinking? He's like, Condo, I'll buy the car, but you're paying for it. Oh, my God. Thank God Ronnie Blakey didn't take his bids. Anyway, 6 p.m., we are down uh, in the capital. Uh, Sookie Bub, old uh, Ricky, he gets his way. Um, Jared Croker's been sat out for a week. He is back this week to celebrate in front of what you would think will be a packed house. I think they've already sold 20,000 of the 25,000 capacity. Uh, so it's going to be a big crowd. Um, 
been reading and watching a lot with, uh, you know, this week on Jared Croker, he's, ov- well, not obviously, I- I've never met him, but everybody speaks extremely highly of the character. Um, I think it's a fantastic story. Uh, there's only been 47 players, I think, or maybe 48 that have played uh, 300 games plus. Um, he joins that. He joins that uh, that company, which is oh, pretty he, ridiculous. He's a, he's a super fella. He's come through their development system. Um, he comes from a family that are camera raiders through and through, and rugby league through and through. He's been an ornament to their club. Uh, had a high leadership role and just been fantastic to the game and to play three hundred games. And yeah, you know, he's had a sterling career. He's had many, many highlights. He's been there through the roller coaster of up and down at the Raiders. And, what about his injury um, list? Oh yeah, he, he he's recovered from you know most uh, some horrible injuries, in particular this this most recent one to get himself back into the game and now to be able to achieve this milestone. In, in some regards, I feel a little bit sorry for the the guy that uh, Ricky Stewart's made so much noise and issue out of this in the last ten days, Ricky could have just shut up and just gone on with it and said um, and handled this differently instead of trying to make it a little bit about him instead of about uh, Croker. Now, he'd, he'd argue that and deny it and whatever. But I do think that brings a little bit of focus on the Raiders. The key point here is that the Raiders, as a, as a favourite against the line, I keep touching on this point, their record's less than 28%. Right, So, you know... Um, Two and, uh, two and a half times out of three, they do not cover the line as a favourite at home. So it's horrible. Mm. Um, let's go back a couple of weeks ago. As the warm favourite at home, the Eagles walked 42 points through them. Last week, I think they should have got beat by the Tigers. So I think there's some question marks about their form. They do get uh, Whitehead back. They do get Chris back. It's just about their best lineup. So no excuse with that. They'll get a very strong vocal home crowd. But there'll be a bit of focus and pressure on that. And all of that, in my opinion, I think suits the Waratahs. Uh, sorry, the Warriors. You know, the Warriors come here off a home win. But that win last week, they've got Metcalf back the last two weeks. They got Barnett back last week. They got Egan back last week. Bar probably one or two additional outs. It's as strong a list as they've had this season. Um, their record at covering the line, 10 out of 13. Their record at covering the line in Australia is 5 out of 7. Uh, they're flying under the radar mid-table. And the, the other key thing that doesn't get a lot of attention at the moment that I think should is that they're in the top four defensively on the table. Now, the top three are the Panthers, the Broncos and the Rabbits who all sit at the top of the table mm. defensively. So, you know, I think the Warriors will love this. There's no focus, no attention. They can just get in here, roll their sleeves up. Um, I think it's a tight game. I think it's close. Uh, I like the Warriors... Uh, with the plus five and a half start, I actually made them the best of the week. Gee, gee he's doing a good job, uh, Webster, their coach. Really good job. Oh, he's, he's, a, he's a sharp coach. Yeah, Very good They coach. have been in every game. They've been in every game for 80 minutes. Um, really good performance uh, last week against the Dolphins. Yeah, that. if the Raiders can't get up at home for Jared Croker um, and Suki Bub making such a big thing out of it, I'll, I'll be I'll be surprised. But a cracking game down there at uh, in Canberra. We move on to the second game, 8pm um, Friday night. Uh, this is probably when Woody was asleep this time last year um, at MF's golf day in the bus on the way back. Sea Eagles versus the Dolphins. The Dolphins really need to bounce back, Jared. Uh, yeah, they do. And 
you know, Bennett has already shown on a number of occasions he's been able to get a result back out of them. But I've got to say this at is Brooke a tough Vale. Task. It's at Brookvale. It's their second back-to-back game, so they went to Wolfham last week. Now they've got to come down to Sydney to Brookvale. They're without Gilbert, Wallace, Milford and Kafusi. That's four key outs in particular in the forwards. The big question mark is whether Marshall King plays. He didn't last week. That was a t- key turning point in the game. Uh, Eagles back at Bookfile, but they have lost their last two at Bookie. Um, the key is for mine that Jake is out, Jake Turbo. Um, I just think he's so instrumental in what they do in the forwards. I think the, gla- the game is a lot tighter than it looks. I'm very surprised the market has an eight and a half with the Eagles to win. Uh, if Marshall King plays, I want to take the plus eight and a half. I'm with you. I think he makes an enormous difference to that side. So, I mean, you know, Plath last week off the bench, Ray Stone at dummy half. It's just not. It's just not Marshall King esque out of dummy half with the speed. Uh, you know, the appy like sort of play that he has. Uh, you know, straight out of dummy half. So I'm with you. I reckon eight and a half if Marshall King plays is is a good bet. And I think uh, at Brookvale, they could get beaten. I think without Marshall King, it's probably 50-50. Yes, agreed. Um, right, Saturday, 3 p.m., the Dragons, without a coach. They'll probably never have a coach. Um, <laughs> I mean, far out. They've, apparently, they've interviewed everybody everybody bar the tea lady in Wollongong this week. Um, we still have no resolution on a coach. I don't quite understand. We spoke about it on Monday, but... I don't understand why it's that hard. Like dead set. Well, Pinpoint who you want mi- to get as your coach and go and headhunt him. It's not hard. I had a missed call on, I had a missed call on Tuesday, Steve. I'm not sure if it was from them. I mean, you, they seem to be ringing everybody. Are you in the mix? <laughs> they seem to be ringing everybody, don't they? Oh, Listen, I think this, this this is the upset of the round. Is here it? we go. I think, I think the Dragons can win here. Straight off the bat, and I think the start's way, way too big, and I, I just certainly can't get my number anywhere. Well, it started at 10.5 start, didn't it? Yeah, it did, and it's now down to, uh, what is it, 6.5 uh, today. I'd certainly still think 6.5 is way too generous. Um, the, 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 let's go through the Rabbits here, right? The Rabbits have got no Burgess, no Latrell, no Cameron Murray, no Arrow, and there's a question mark about Walker's fitness now after uh, a a potential quad strain yesterday. But, yeah, Burgess, Luttrell, Cameron Murray and Arrow. That's four very big outs that punches a hole in that list for them. Then you've got a few other players. Oh, Jared, like, Jared, you and know, you forgot. We've got we've got Moses. Like, he's, he's yeah, he should be captain of Australia. Anyway, keep going. Well, and, and then you've got guys like Cook uh, and Graham. You know, I mean, Campbell Graham's a week-to-week um, issue at the moment because of his sternum injury. Cook is in question mark for uh, origin. Um, I, I just think they can't be uh, underdone and key outs uh, into Cogra where the Dragons' record is very good. Yeah, it They've is won good five of their won five of their last seven at Cogra. Since Carr's taken over, I think he's got the right people uh, selected in the right roles and they're playing a little bit more depth and a bit more speed in attack, which I think is suiting them, and they've got points in them. I thought they were a bit stiff last week against the Panthers on Sunday night. That game was far closer than it looked, and they had a key decision go against them. Um, I think that they're in this game right up to their ears. I think that they can cause an upset. I'm tipping them the win. I certainly think six and a half is way, way too generous. 
Righto. Well, that's uh, that's a first for you, picking the Dragons. Um, we move on to the 5.30 game. Another coach that it would appear, uh, you know, if you just listen to the press that Adam O'Brien um, really needs some results. Uh, is he off contract at the end of this year, Jerry? No, he's not. He's not. But, I mean, as, as we know, contracts mean zero, don't they? So, I mean, all the dogs have been barking that once they have a bit of a losing run that there's certainly pressure mounting on whether he retains his role. And that do, do, you, um, do you think he's the right coach there long term? Uh, he's, he's not not one of my flavour, no. Right. Um, and I don't expect that he lasts. And certainly if the noises are coming out of there about uh, management uh, talking to alternates and have been for a, a couple of months, then you'd have to suspect that they don't have any confidence in him being the man for the job next year. Yeah, OK. Uh, Broncos who are sailing through this origin period so far, they've been very impressive. Um you know, with ins and outs and dealing with injuries and guys backing up. They were very impressive last weekend. Uh, it's at Suncorp, uh, big plus. Are the Knights, any chance here? Well, the two key things here is, firstly, you're right about the Broncos. Their last two wins have been super. And I think that win last week at Shark Park is their best of the year. Uh, yeah, under strength with a young team two weeks ago, they went to New Zealand and beat the Warriors. Then last week with their... Uh, key origin players backing up into Shark Park. Um, they really got in and there was so much more grit and resolve as opposed to the flashy attack. And they really worked hard for a really credible win. The key here is you've got five, six, seven, eight guys that are either going to be selected for origin or in contention for selection for origin who are going to be playing sun, um, on Saturday night uh, prior to that selection being announced. And as I said at the outset here a minute ago, those sorts of things play games with guys' mental approach. Uh, and I don't think they get beat. I think they beat the Knights. But I think that the game's far closer than the market expects. The market's got it 12 and a half. You know, my number on paper is bigger than that, but I can't touch it. I'm just happy to be tipping the Broncos to win uh, I think the Knights probably give a little bit of a shake. I think at at uh, Suncorp, uh, where the Broncos are at home, the Knights' travel record is really poor. The Broncos win. I don't think it's a walk away. Jared, just on the Broncos, they've they've got um, obviously the way this uh, ridiculous draw works. They've got quite a few buys up their sleeve. Are, are they are they uh, pinned for the minor premiership? I don't think they're pinned for the minor premiership. I think they're certainly in the top four now, and they've cemented that. But the back end of the draw to them, even though they've got some buys, they've got a really tough run because they're going to play a lot of away games because their front half of their season was uh, heavily loaded with home games because we've got the Women's Soccer World Cup with a lot of games at Suncorp um, in the second half of this year. And so they're going to be playing a lot of games away on the road. But listen, they've just picked up two away wins that, we probably would have marked as difficult for them to win anyway. So they've got some games in the bank. I certainly think they're in the top four. And right now I have them, uh, the Rabbits and the Panthers, clearly as the top three at the top of the table. Yeah, okay. Um, let's just do the check. Are they the real deal? In your the opinion? Broncos? Yeah, in your opinion. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah they are. So yeah. they're, they're, I, they're, firm, they're quick... firming from the start of the year where you sort of thought maybe not to, they're the real deal. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I think those last two weeks have shown us uh, a lot of grit. Uh, I still think the minor premierships between 
the Rabbits and the Panthers. Uh, I think the Rabbits will finish strongly, and I think they could pick up the minor premiership. Um, but the Panthers and the Broncos will be in the, the top uh, three. Uh, then we've got you know, everybody cutting at each other to end up who finishes in the top four. I think this game between the Storm and the Sharks will have a big uh, bearing on that toward the end of the season. And then we've got so many teams chopping and changing around who makes up the bottom four of the top eight. Yeah, okay. Um, right, oh, Saturday night, uh, I think a much improved, in my opinion, Roosters last week. I think they're showing signs and they're coming up against a Panther side that, you know, guys backing up injuries. Uh, it's, not down, uh, it's not down in Panther territory. Uh, what are your thoughts on this one? Yeah, I just find the Roosters so hard to trust. I mean, I agree with you. There were uh, I thought there were periods of that game last week that was their best form so far this season, but they still had 24 points put through them by a team sitting in the bottom four who, if the Bulldogs had game-managed that last 15 minutes with a little bit more smart, they could uh, potentially have won the game. Um, and then if we go back, they'd lost the three prior. You know, they've got... Uh, Radley, Smith, Swali and Walker all out. That's four key outs. Uh, listen, their form improves dramatically when they play at home here at Alliance. Uh, the Panthers, I, I want to say something about Ivan Cleary. I know, yeah, we give the raps to the, the Bellamy's and the Bennett's and the Robinsons mm. at time, but yeah, what he's done over the last four or five years at the Panthers is just remarkable. And, you know, uh, it's one thing to have that junior talent coming through. It's another to be able to keep bringing the next generation through, slotting different people in, losing some of the players that they have because of salary cap restraints, uh, and still be, you know, they're still only leaking an average of 12 points a week, um, and then have guys be able to slot in and lift and play like they do. And, you know, Colga has played 40 NRL games, so he's not just a freshman on the scene. I thought he was good when he came on last week. He'll know the system. He'll slot in. Uh, I think the Panthers can still win. Yeah, look, I think that's a really good point on Ivan Cleary. I think the other thing there too, Jared, is uh, the fact that he's lost really good assistant coaches and he's, and they've obviously got a really, really good system down there, really, really good structure, um, and nothing's changed in the last three years, four years. It's, it's very impressive, he, and he should be getting he, a lot more kudos. He's a very smart operator. He's very measured. He's very balanced. Um, he, he, he quietly goes about his business, and he certainly gets the best out of him. Also helps having a bloody good halfback. Um, righto. Uh, yeah. Okay. So, yeah, do you give do you give the Roosters any chance in this one? Oh, I do. I do. But you know, I, it just worries me that they just keep leaking the level of points that they do. Uh, you know, who's going to kick goals for them here? Yeah, they've, they've again changed what they're doing at six and seven. Um, yeah, I, I just think the, the, the Panthers are just rock solid every week. Uh, we mentioned uh, we mentioned earlier in the week, uh, big week for uh, for the Storm. They need to bounce back after getting absolutely belted by the Cowboys. Um, Nick Mooney, Nick Mooney's hundredth. So shout out to Nick. Um, fantastic effort. Uh, against the shark side that were just not good enough against the Broncos. Um, down in Melbourne um, at Amy Stadium on Sunday, Arvo. What do you think on this one? Oh, listen, I found this really, really difficult. It's to a hard one, on. isn't it? Really hard one. I, I'm, 
learning to Melbourne because they're back in Melbourne, um, if we look at Melbourne's form this year, each time they've put in a poor offering, they've responded the following week. Bellamy normally has a, a very good record of achieving that. But that was horrible last week, that defensive offering of leaking 45 points, the worst ever in the last 20 years. He's got major issues on his, his left edge defensively. He's got to patchwork that up this week. Um, the Sharks will be attempting to rip that open, and, and they've got the smarts and the speed and the skill to do that. problem with the Sharks is that they're, their interstate record is very poor, and their record against teams in the top eight is uh, zero. The, the team currently sitting in the top eight. Oh, really? Uh, so while zero? They, while they, yeah, zero. While they've had seven wins, they're yet to beat anybody sitting currently in the top eight of the table, and we know the storm are there. So uh, that's a question mark there. They also come off a loss. So we've got two teams off a loss. Uh, Fitzy clearly is a very smart coach. Uh, there were parts of the game last week that were really poor, but... Uh, parts of the game that um, they were okay. Um, I think their attack matches up very well against some of these problems that the Storm have in defence. Listen, I, I had a really small lean to the Storm. I think the plus four and a half in the market is an advantage. Um, I just wanted to stay away from the game. I'm just not sure what either of them bring. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think uh, it's probably just slightly towards the Storm, just with home ground advantage, isn't it? Yes, possibly. Just. Right, uh, we move into uh, the public holiday on Monday. Uh, <coughs> Bulldogs, Eels, they're always cracking games. There's no love lost uh, there from, you know, the early 80 sort of uh, dominance of both those sides. Um, it doesn't matter where they are on the table. They're always good games. I don't think this one will be any different. I think probably the only thing here that uh, probably changes things up for the Eels is what backline lineup we're going to see it that um it's now uh being confirmed that dylan brown has been stood down um how long that will be for who plays five eight um the coach um is probably kicking himself now that his son moved on to uh to this to the sea eagles um does guffo play at six like what do, you know does uh bailey simmonson go back to fullback how do you how do you see this one playing out jared well, I potentially think there's three or four upsets this weekend, and Bulldogs, this is number yeah. two on n- number two on my list. I mean, go through that Parramatta lineup. You're right, Brown's out. Right? They also lose Wiramia Greg. They also have Matheson and Lane out. Right? And there's question marks about whether Campbell Gillard returns this week or is uh, given another week off. Right? So that's that's four, possibly five of their starting lineup sitting on the sidelines. Mm. Right, then, you, then you've got a, a bit of expectation about guys like Moses and a couple of other fringe blokes uh, potentially in the question mark for origin. Bulldogs come out of what I think is their best offering this year, last weekend. They've finally, over the last couple of weeks, got a few troops back and have got a stronger lineup. Um, and the game's at Homebush, so there's not, not a great deal of advantage to either. The key is if... Uh, Mahoney plays, but all the dogs are barking that it appears he'll probably get the clearance and play. Um, if that's the case, even without him, um, I, I'm only somewhere around the, the three mark between them. And the moment you can get six and a half, I mean, it was nine and a half a couple of days ago. Um, I, I think the Bulldogs give this a big shake. I'll probably tip the Eels just to win by maybe one. 
I think the start is a huge advantage to the Bulldogs, and I'm not surprised if they cause the upset on Monday. I'm with you on that. I think they will. Yeah, I think they're 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 in this one right up to their right up to their eyeballs. I, I think there's an upset there for sure. I thought they were quite impressive last week, actually. And if we talk about coaches, he he's a smart coach, he uh, Seraldo. What I love, and I think sets some of these ones apart, is. Firstly, he, he's got some clever little set plays in his mix that he's coached them well in preparation to play, and that is, um, you know, getting the ball to an edge for uh, uh, Car, which has been clever, and I think they've probably picked up four or five tries off the back of that. But it's picking the right moment to do it, whether it's either a kick or a pass. Also, uh, he's got a couple of clever scrum plays that have come up with positive tries. His use of uh, Avarillo is also being very clever uh, on a on a wide right edge. Um, he, he's a smart coach. He seems to. He I don't know whether it's his personality, Jared, but he seems very Ivan Cleary ish. He, he's, yes, he, he is. He, he doesn't doesn't get emotional. Um, you know, if he wants to get a point across, he gets it across. But he's not. You know, I suppose he, he's not Ricky Stewart. He's he's. Uh, you know, he calls it how it is. You could see that he. You know, he'd, he'd probably have that hard edge about him. Um, I think tactically seems very smart. I think the way he's unearthing some of this younger talent and some of the, uh, you know, I mean, I think it's really encouraging to see what he's done with Ockenball in the middle. Jake, I agree, Jake, totally. Jake, yeah. uh, Jake, uh, Jacob Preston, um, you know, giving guys, a, giving guys a go and seeing how they come up. Some of these young young kids in the backs, I mean, that Alamotti was... Obviously, always earmarked to be a good footballer, and there's no doubt he's going to be a first grader. Well, uh, and the, the other time. young fellow, Caraz. The other, other young fellow on the opposite wing, I mean, both Caraz and or Wilson mm. have come through the grades and, you know, have got a future. I mean, you know, a good friend of mine who's on the coaching staff at the Bronco, uh, at the Bulldogs, who many years ago was on the coaching staff at uh, the Melbourne Storm and knows Craig Bellamy incredibly well. Said to me three or four weeks ago, he said, "Mate, Seraldo uh, is the real deal. He's very smart, very sharp, very measured." And he said, "I'm telling you, he's Craig Bellamy Mark too." There you go, another great coach. The Dragons missed out on. Let's see by Monday whether the Dragons have a coach or one of their board members is going to jump out of his suit and do the job for next year, um, or maybe the rest of this year. Uh, Anyway, uh, well, well let, let's see by Monday if I get another message on social media asking me hang, uh, from the Dragons hang not on, to be Jared, so vocal. I just got one. As your manager, you've got a two o'clock Zoom call this afternoon. Can you please make yourself <laughs> available to sit down with Ryan, Ryan Webb and all the other Muppets at the Dragons? Get it sorted. Righto. Well, we'll be yes. back. Uh, well, actually, will we be back Monday? We're at a game Monday. We might We're not be back Monday, until sir. Thursday. Yeah. yeah, well, it might be the case. Maybe we might do something quickly on Tuesday and touch on the origin selections and uh, maybe a quick wrap of the weekend. But, uh, Steve, I do think it's a week where there might be some upsets. I do think that the uh, the Warriors with the start was my best. Uh, I do think the Dragons can upset. And I like the Dragons with the plus and the Bulldogs with the plus. Okay, well, I'm gonna I'm running with the, the week of upsets, Jared. I'm, I've gone a multi uh, as we talk. I've gone Titans tonight. Into the drag, so Titans tonight giving two and a half start into the Dragons with nine and a half start into the Knights with 12 and a half start into the Bulldogs with seven and a half start. Um, and it's paying $13.09. Do you like that one? 
I'll give you one about three bucks, Steve, that uh, if this gets rolled, uh, I'd be very upset. What is Titans it? Titans plus 12 and a half. Yep. Warriors plus 12 and a half. Yep. Dragons plus 12 and a half. So this is picking your own line, is it? Yeah, yep. yeah. Or, or, or all of the bookies also have an alternate um, margin. Yep. So the, Titan, the Titans, the Warriors, the Dragons, and the Bulldogs, all plus 12 and a half. Mm. Close to three bucks. Giddy up, get on. We'll catch you get on Tuesday. Take care. Gunsmoke here. We only set fire through the microphones. <laughs>